This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Coming up on Studios America, Rob Eno is here to detail his obsession with the Holy Roman Empire. We've hit a new record for the national debt. Yeah! Go team! We did it! We're number one. We're number one. I'll update you on the state of the 2024 presidential race. And we'll get to all of it in 60 seconds. But first, let me tell you about Pure Health Liver Formula. You probably heard of Liver Health Formula. I've talked about it many times on the program. But did you know they've already sold 2 million bottles? So why is it so popular? Well, the American Liver Foundation says that 100 million Americans have fatty liver. So it's not surprising that many folks are searching for help. People nowadays throw everything at their livers from GMOs to cholesterol to alcohol to toxins, Tylenol, cigarettes. That's why so many have sluggish fatty liver that makes everybody gain weight and feel tired all the time. For decades, your liver has helped you with over 500 key functions daily. It's time you help your liver. Liver Health Formula is an all-natural supplement which contains 12 clinically proven botanicals that help recharge and protect your liver. Listeners of the show can take advantage of the special offer going on now. You can try Liver Health Formula and get a free bottle of blood sugar formula to uh, reduce your your sugar cravings. You can join their happy customer list by visiting getliverhelp.com slash stew and get a free bonus gift. It's getliverhelp.com slash stew. Getliverhelp.com slash stew. Stew does America. Ah, oh, the fifth state of the race show is already here. Well, welcome to it. Uh, by the way, uh, we're going to. Uh, we've got a big announcement coming up here in just a little bit. It has to do with our debate coverage coming next week. I think you're really going to enjoy it. It's going to be a lot of fun. But first, let's get to the state of the race. You might think, hey, what's the state of the race right now? Joe Biden's doing really badly, right? And you'd be completely wrong on that because actually Joe Biden is accomplished more in less time than any president in history or something. If you believe that, you will believe anything. And that's what Gavin Newsom, of course, is always relying on when he speaks. He thinks you'll believe anything, so he continues to lie to you all the time. Now, you may know Gavin Newsom as the guy who is literally putting up like billboards and running ads in Florida about California because he so badly wanted to run against Ron DeSantis uh, for president. This has not worked out the way that he had hoped. Biden is still in there, still the guy. And at this point, we've seen a, ch- a tactic change from good old Gavin. And let's just see if you can detect the subtlety of it in this clip. Do you believe that voters don't have any reason to be concerned that he would be 86 year old, years old by the end of his second term? Voters have every right to be concerned. But I'm, you know, maybe I'm a little, I remember Bobby Kennedy said it best, that what the world needs are the qualities of youth, not a time of life, but a state of mind, a quality of imagination. I mean this, I couldn't imagine three years ago, that this president could accomplish so much in such a short period of time. I mean, <laughs> if this political season is all about a celebrity, with all due respect, we had a celebrity for four years. It didn't go well. And so I want a seasoned pro that knows how to get things done. I'm a little old fashioned. I want a guy who produces results and the results are in. It's been a masterclass. There's simply no administration in my lifetime that's been more effective producing more substantive results. 
I'm a little old fashioned. I'm one of those guys from the old timey days. I'm one of those guys that, you know, the old time values like sleeping with your best friend's wife. That's that's the type of guy I am. I'm Gavin Newsom. Vote for me. I mean, vote for Joe Biden because he's done a great job. I mean, look, no one believes this. There's no passion for Joe Biden, right? The passion for Joe Biden is solely wrapped up in the passion against Donald Trump. That's all there is. Everyone knows uh, Biden is terrible at this. Everyone knows this is not going well, including Gavin Newsom. Uh, He wants to be the guy, but he's kind of changing tactics here, realizing that it looks like Biden's going to stick around for the moment. He's now saying, okay, well, what if I'm overly praising him? This will give him an out, right? If he, instead of saying, taking uh, the pressure uh, to get out because people don't like him, if you, get, if you praise Joe Biden, there may be a chance that if the decision is made that he has to step down, everyone can say, well, he did a great job, but you know what, he's not feeling well, or he's a little concerned over poor Hunter, who, by the way, I will pardon on day one when I get into office. All of this is something that is right around the corner, or at least is possible right around the corner. We're still pretty far away from the election, and we'll go through how far away we are here in just a second. But there is this approach now by the left to try to convince themselves and the voters that Joe Biden is actually doing a a good job. Um, Here is uh, Hakeem Jeffries attempting it. I think what's more important is that President Joe Biden continues to lead us forward, uh, to focus on the things that matter, to build an economy that works for everyday Americans that's built from the middle out and the bottom up, uh, and to lean in to creating a situation where every single American in every single zip code can truly experience the American dream. I mean, this... This is like alternative reality. I like this. They're just creating the fun world they wish they had. And good for them on that. I guess that's what you have to do when Joe Biden is your candidate, because you look at the polling going on right now and people are just not all that excited about it. Um, 2020 Biden voters. These are 2020 Biden voters in a very important state. Pennsylvania are now weighing in on Hunter Biden and the Biden impeachment inquiry. And it does not include a lot of great news for Joe in a CBS News poll. A majority. 53% of registered voters nationwide say congressional Republicans should not try to impeach Mr. Biden over matters concerning his son, compared to 47% of voters who uh, support an impeachment. You might say, well, that sounds like good news, 53-47. It's not good news when the country is split over whether an impeachment should go forward. That should should be like 80-20. It should be 90-10. It should not be on the uh, verge of that. And even in this particular poll, independents are about 50-50. Again, you want that number to be 10, 20 percent. You don't want that to be higher than that. You expect it to be high from uh, Republicans and you expect it to be low from Democrats. But the fact that this is already raised to the point of it being a partisan line type of debate is not a good thing uh, for Hunter or uh, Joe. Now, there is more polling out today talking about head to head matchups. And this one's sort of mixed. I think the Biden uh, voter, the typical Biden voter, would look at this as probably bad news. Um, but I think, generally speaking, it's it's sort of, I guess, mixed polling for Biden. In a head-to-head matchup, Biden leads Trump 43 to 42 in the latest Rasmussen Reports survey. Um, should there be a strong third-party option, however, 38% of likely voters would consider such a candidate, including 42% of Democrats and 35% of Republicans. You might say, well, I mean, Trump is losing to Biden in that poll. That's true, but 
basically people are saying, almost 40% are saying, I'd like to look at a third-party candidate. And when you look at who wants the third-party candidate, it's more Democrats than Republicans. More Democrats looking for that for, than Republicans. We've seen talk already, of course, of the uh, Joe Manchin-type candidate coming in potentially from uh, trying to do a centrist play as a third-party candidate. Lately, there's been talk about RFK Jr. potentially running as an independent and dropping out of the Democratic primary, where he's not really getting much steam these days, but he could knock off several percent from, likely, uh, the Democratic side. Now, the head-to-head matchups, are. Uh, there's a bunch of polls that came out on this one. In this one, some good news for Trump, some good news for Nikki Haley and Tim Scott, some bad news for Ron DeSantis in this particular poll. Biden trails Trump, Haley, and Scott in the 2024 race. Poll found that 44% of respondents said they would vote for Trump when asked about a hypothetical matchup between Trump and Biden, while 40% said they would back Biden. So 44 to 40, Trump in favor by four. A separate 15% said they were unsure or didn't know. The poll also found that 41% said they would vote for Haley compared to 37% who said they would support Biden. When asked about Biden and Scott, it was 37% um, for Biden, 39% for Scott. So Scott leads by two, Haley leads by four, Trump leads by four. On the other side, uh, DeSantis, who, let's be honest about it, his one of his main pitches to voters is that he's more electable than Donald Trump. And, you know, I think if he is the candidate, you may very well see these things change. But as of right now, he doesn't have a great argument to bring to the American people on this one because poll after poll shows either he's doing just as well as Trump or a little bit worse than Trump. The poll found that Biden performed better against Vice President Mike Pence. Biden uh, leads 42 to 36. DeSantis, who Biden leads 42 to 38, and Vivek Ramaswamy, um, who came in at 37%, while Biden received 39%. So these are early polls, a huge number of uh, uncertain people in the polls. I mean, a 39-37 poll, what does that tell you? Here's my thing, and I, you know, I, t- I like talking to you about polls. I like taking what you can take out of them, and that's about it. There's not all that much you can learn from polling this far out. We know, especially with Donald Trump uh, and, and his situation, there's a lot to be developed here. Uh, we don't know where it's going to go. You have the, uh, like, I mean, look at the, uh, the, the legal charges against him. Could go two very different ways. If he is convicted and goes to prison, obviously that's going to shake up the race. On the other side, if he's acquitted, I mean, that could make really help him, right? With all these things handling, uh, hanging over his head, if he beats all these charges, he's going to have a good argument to go to the American people and say, this is obviously uh, trumped up stuff, not to uh, use a pun. Uh, and uh, I've proven once again that I'm, I've been exonerated. I mean, I think you can argue uh, the, the Russia investigation, when that came out and really didn't have much on Donald Trump, probably helped him. I mean, it hurt him for a while, maybe, when those accusations were coming out. But when the truth came out, it probably helped him. And that could very well happen here as well. As far as DeSantis goes, he's got to find a way to get better. I mean, Nikki Haley is the one who solved this uh, electability thing so far. She's been the one who's been able to show this in poll after poll after poll in head-to-head matchups that she does very well, at least as well as Donald Trump, if not better than Donald Trump, in poll after poll after poll. This is something that she's going to be talking about a lot. This is going to be her central argument, I think, to the American people. I can get elected. I'm more electable than Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or anything else, anybody else. So far, the American people have just not fallen in love with Ron DeSantis. Um, Look, DeSantis is a great governor, and I think he would be a great president. 
Um, so, you know, I, I, I certainly wouldn't mind seeing him running this country at some point. The, the issue here is at this point so far, he has not captured uh, the American people's imagination beyond the role he already has. And the funny thing is, if you look at his polling, people in the Re- Republican primary like him. He's very popular. He's well-liked. People think he's a very good governor and seem to think eventually he could be a great president. Uh, when you look at first choice and second choice, when they break it down that way, you say, OK, maybe my first choice might be Donald Trump, but my second choice is Ron DeSantis. Other people are saying, well, my first choice might be Nikki Haley, but my second choice is Ron DeSantis. And DeSantis actually has a, the largest pool of voters who are considering him in the entire primary. So that's a good thing for DeSantis if you want to find a good spin on it. But his polling in the general election does hurt his messaging in a big way. And I think, you know, his, his campaign's got to reckon with that. Uh, one way to get, of course, ahead on this is to have good debate performances. I thought he was decent last time. He's got another debate coming up uh, next week. But of course, the problem with that is he is not going to be facing Donald Trump. So it's hard to make up ground when you're not going against your number one competitor. Trump is going to skip the second Republican debate for a primetime speech in Detroit. Now, the counter-programming thing, look, I understand the, the game theory here with Donald Trump. And honestly, if I was one of his advisors and it was solely my job to try to get Donald Trump elected, I think I might wait for the damages to come back from missing debates. You know, you're up by 30, 40, 50 points in some of these polls. Why bother? Why risk anything? Why go into a debate and say something that could blow up into somebody else's ad? Just stay out of it. Stay, give nice package speeches that won't hurt you. And it's going to be hard for someone to catch you with that type of large gap without a head-to-head matchup. And he stays out of the fray. Um, you know, I can kind of understand the theory here behind it. Just do what you do. Don't worry about them. Just start running your general election campaign. And I think if you look at his Megyn Kelly interview, if you look at his MSNBC interview from this weekend, I was critical of uh, his words in his MSNBC criti- uh, interview. Um, and I will remain critical of it because, uh, you know, the pro-life cause is very important to me. But I will say from a game theory strat- st- strategy standpoint, this might be the right thing to do. Maybe the right thing to do is say, you know what? I, I declare bankruptcy, as Michael Scott once said. I declare this primary to be over and just act like it's over and move on and then just monitor the situation, right? Like, see if DeSantis makes a run. See if Haley makes a run. See if Vivek makes a run, whoever it is. And if they make a run, then worry about engaging them. I can see that as a really smart strategy point. It's not my favorite thing as a person who likes to cover politics and who likes looking at this stuff. I like to see Trump in this debate because he's the one leading. And I'd like to see him go head to head with DeSantis on COVID and head to head on spending and head to head on some of these issues. Who's going to have the better vision? I think that would be important for the Republican Party, the conservative movement, uh, the country in general. But it's not Donald Trump's job really, to, to, to risk that. It's his job to win this primary and then get into the election. So I get what they're doing here, though it's not going to make me necessarily happy. Now, the one thing you can look back at is we are early enough that still tons of things can change. We tend to get this mindset that nothing's ever going to change. And look, if there was an argument here um, in a normal campaign cycle, you'd say Trump has a big enough lead that probably nothing is going to change, right? Um, 
However, as, as, I, as I will say, this is not normal, right? We know all of these indictments and all, this, uh, all these trials are coming, and God only knows what's going to happen in those. We don't know. I think it's, it's impossible really to give you a normal estimate. I could sit here and say, well, Trump has got a 75% chance of winning this primary, and that would be, I think, at least 75% uh, chance to be true if this was normal circumstances, but it's not. And we've never had a situation like this. I don't know how the American voters are going to react. Um, What we saw with the first indictment was a real jump for Donald Trump. What we've seen from the second and third and fourth indictments is basically a flat line. We haven't seen a huge, people keep saying, well, every time he gets indicted, he gets more. Well, not really. I mean, really he got that first one, got a major bump out of that first one. And it has remained relatively flat with a slight increase in his polling ever since. So what does it mean when he's actually in trial? What does it mean when, you know, if, if he gets convicted of something here? Which is, look, you got to acknowledge is legitimately possible here. Uh, these people want him in prison. They want it. Whether they are going to get it or not is another situation. But they definitely want it. And I fear for what our country looks like if they actually get it. But... Even in normal circumstances, things change a lot after this point in a campaign cycle. Uh, for fun, I decided to look back at some of these previous years, and I mean, it's a blast from the past. Let's back, this is 2012. On this date, uh, 2011 will be the equivalent year for the 2012 uh, election. September 19th, 2011, who led the race? Rick Perry, who had a pretty significant lead, about nine points. Uh, over uh, the second place uh, uh, candidate, who was Mitt Romney. Now, we know, of course, Romney went on to win the nomination eventually, but not after, uh, and by the way, third place was Ron Paul, uh, and then you had fourth place Michelle Bachman. I mean, these these names uh, seem like they're ancient history in some ways. Um, But, of course, uh, Perry's run to the top was pretty limited. Uh, He got hurt in one of his debates, famously. But you saw a rise later on from other candidates. Uh, You know, Rick Santorum came into second place and actually led later on in this race. Also had a lead for Newt Gingrich. The Newt Gingrich bump hadn't even come yet at this point in 2011. He not only got his first bump, then fell back behind Romney, then got a second bump again. And then after that, Rick Santorum came up. He took the lead for a time. And then Romney wound up, of course, winning the nomination. Go back to 2008. You have a, a similar story. In first place in 2008, uh, of course, this would, the equivalent year would be September 19th, 2007. In first place, Rudy Giuliani at 27.5%, ahead of second place candidate Fred Thompson, who was at 23.1% at this time in 2007. Then in third place was John McCain, uh, who was at 15.6%. Uh, and then Romney and Paul and Huckabee behind that. Uh, but, I mean, Huckabee wound up, of course, winning Iowa after this. At this point in 2007, he was at 4.3% in the polls. I mean, Santorum, if you go looking at the other one back in 2011, wasn't even on the list. I mean, he barely even showed up on the list. He's being covered by the date at the very bottom of the graph. He was at, what, 2.8% or something like that back in, uh, in the day. And then go back to 2003, uh, it looked a lot different as well. Who led at the, on this date, September 2003? Joseph Lieberman was the leader in the polls with 21%. Second place, Howard Dean at 15%. And then John Kerry was third, tied 
with Dick Gephardt. Yes, at some point, I still believe Dick Gephardt's getting into this race. At any point, I think Dick Gephardt can get into any Democratic race and at least have a run into third place. That can happen at any time. It's kind of a political rule, but at any time, that can happen. Now, it's important to understand, that's in- interesting from a historical perspective, this is not a normal race. We obviously have already discussed what's going on with Donald Trump going forward and what his challenges are. But also, he's the former president of the United States. That's not the case in any of these other races. Not only is he the former president of the United States, he's the most famous person in the world. So it's not like Fred Thompson, who didn't I see him on Law and Order a few times? It's a little different than that. Like these guys, I mean, Donald Trump's not going to have a run and then fall to zero percent and then come back up. Like people know who Trump is. He's got a very strong built in um, base. And who knows how long that lasts? That base is probably 35 percent in these polls. Right now he's leading the Republican primary right around 50 percent and no one else is above 20. So that that. That lead is substantial. It's unlike the leads in these previous years. And Trump is different than all of those people for a million reasons that all of you know very well about. So the question isn't necessarily, is this going to happen again? It could happen. We could see a change here. Um, More likely, the legal uh, areas are going to be what kind of shakes this race up. But at this point, it's important to know that you know, Donald Trump is the leader, but these other candidates are fighting out for who can be that challenger. And, you know, I, I, one other thing I did look back at, I didn't pull the graph or anything for you, but in 2016, I had forgotten really the contours of that race. It was, it was so chaotic. But towards the end, when pretty much everybody else had dropped out, Ted Cruz is about seven points behind in that race. That was a close race, even after everyone dropped out. And the only person who remained was John Kasich, who had 20 percent of the vote. Cruz is only six or seven points behind late in that race. So that was a pretty close race. If Kasich had dropped out, who knows what would have happened at the top of that ticket. Um, Famously ended after the Indiana uh, primary, but uh, who knows what would have happened if Kasich had dropped out earlier. It would have been super close. And you wonder if this race gets closer and these guys start dropping out. If you, if you have Scott drop out and you have Haley drop out or you have Vivek drop out, whoever the person is, if those people start going to a Ron DeSantis, this could get close and at least can get Trump to the debate stage. Because, look, whoever you think is going to win this debate, uh, this race, I'd like to at least see them on stage talking to each other a couple of times before all of this uh, gets over. And we don't unfortunately have this this weekend. Now, you might say to yourself, look, I can't watch another debate. I've watched too many debates. They make me, I I need to get hammered before a debate. Well, we agree with you on that particular point. That's why on Wednesday, the debate starts on Fox Business Channel, I believe, uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern. What are you going to do 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern? You can watch a a bunch of boring talking heads on Fox. Blah, 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 blah. Or you can come to the debate pregame power hour happening right here on Blaze TV. It's a modified version of our classic power hour, one shot of beer per minute for an hour with great panelists like uh, Sarah Gonzalez, Jason Buttrell, Dave Landau, and more. It's going to be a blast. We're going to do uh, pre-election coverage and analysis, or pre-debate election, uh, uh, pre-debate coverage and analysis. I'm already drunk. Sorry. Um, And uh, we're also going to drink a lot and and make idiotic comments. It's going to be a lot of fun. And don't miss as well on the YouTube channel. Sign up now. Go there. Follow the show. Click the bell because we're going to be doing post coverage after the debate. I have no idea what I'm going to look like at that point, but I'm going to tell you everything that I I took from the debate as well on the YouTube page, youtube.com slash Stu Does America. Robino is next. 
September 23rd. Yes, that is this weekend, Saturday. Your opportunity to own prime Texas acreage at wholesale prices. Let me tell you about the Overlook at Richland Chambers, where you can find never-before-offered two to four-acre lake estates for only eighty grand, seventy-nine thousand nine hundred. Come see why this is the best wholesale land value in the state of Texas. It's this Saturday, September twenty-third. You could own a rare eight-acre plus estate. This is a you know direct dockable property, five hundred and forty-five feet of shoreline. Only $199,900, less than an hour from Dallas, only two hours from Houston. These properties are serviced by paved roads and utilities, and you can buy now and have the freedom to choose your own builder and build when you're ready. Located in a mecca of outdoor activities, including some of the best fishing in Texas, there's huge demand for lake property in Texas with breathtaking lake views. This is perfect for a second home, a retirement home, maybe full-time lake living, plus no HOA. Buy directly from the developer and save thousands on September 23rd. These properties are whole Wholesale price to sell in one day. Call 765-LAKE-NOW, 765-LAKE-NOW, or online at txlakefront.com, txlakefront.com. Check it out now, txlakefront.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. I'm joined now by Blaze TV media critic Rob Eno. Rob, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me on. And uh, you are taking the meme seriously here, the... Yeah, I mean, I, I think about Rome, Senatus, Populus, Cato Romanus, often. <laughs> really every day, pretty much, around it's here. It's at least five times a week. That's <laughs> it. It is. I, 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 I dungeon, I, I uh, game master a, a RPG set in ancient Rome. They're obviously, you know, once as every most week, people do. That's, mm-hmm, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. as most people do. Mm-hmm. I, um, you know, when you go over the train tracks, you think often about how the standard gauge at four four foot, eight and a half inches is directly related to the Roman roads in Britain because the ruts, you know, the, the wagons mm-hmm. in oh, yes. ancient Britain were four foot, eight and a half inches. So, you know, that's just what Britain's new to do for wheeled vehicles. Right. Well, this is the line on, on this particular thing because we don't know the meme. It was basically like they, apparently the guys think about the Roman Empire at least once a day. Right. And it's proven to be more true than I think anyone realized. But like, I, I don't feel like it's a it can't be a passive thought. Right. Like, for example, you know, you have a Caesar salad. That doesn't count, right? Like, that doesn't count. Well, we count. get a guy here called Caesar. So, you know, you yeah. often think of, you know, you, you watch Star Trek and you think of James Tiberius Kirk. So you think of the second emperor of the Roman I, Empire. No one else, does anyone else think of the, of the Roman Empire when they think of James Tiberius Kirk? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. You think of the Senate in the U.S. Senatus is a, is a Roman thing. You look at the House of Representatives, there's a fascist on the wall behind the dais. I mean, it is incredibly influential. In, right. in, in our society, but like, does that count? Or is it something where you have to actually be thinking about it? Like something where, like the, the gauge of, the, of the, the tracks would be something that I think would qualify. If right. you're, if you you're know, and that I, I listen to the Ancients podcast from History Hit, mm-hmm. so I, I listen to a lot of that once a week. You're I mean, totally Glenn, guilty of this. Glenn has a trireme in the lobby. Right. We have a model of a trireme <laughs> in the lobby at Mercury Studios. I was I, when I saw this, I was like, you know, I don't know. Am I weird? I don't think about the Roman Empire all that much. And then I did realize I have read two books about Marcus Aurelius in the past year. Right. So I, I don't I don't think I don't think I actually think about it once a day. But 
It is a fascinating period. Right. Well, yeah, there's, there's a big there's a big renaissance of the Stoic movement with Marcus Aurelius, the yes. meditations and things like that. So yep. that's a, a thing probably from Jordan Peterson or something like that. that Ryan Holiday about, yeah. is a big one on that. Yeah. yeah, so that that's come back. I mean, it's amazing how much, if you really think of it, we are the Roman. I mean, I'm Roman Catholic. So you think of, you know, the pontiff, the pope is the pontifex maximus, which is, you know, <laughs> is the state the highest state religious figure in the Roman Empire. This, it, it is diocese, The diocese. The diocese of <laughs> Dallas. The word diocese comes from Diocletian, mm-hmm. which were the governing <laughs> polities of the late Roman Empire. Your meme is like once an hour. It's not even once a day. Right, but it I mean, it's, it's, like, but you, it, it's just, in a way, I think people think about it and it affects them more than, than it does. And I think that, that that's where it was, you know, just I think that people weren't expecting it. But when you think of it, I mean, we are a republic. We are really the heirs to the Roman Empire. Yeah, and built on that legacy yeah. in a big way. So let, let's talk about Stoicism for a, century, for a second, because I'm, I'm fascinated by this. I, I did a, uh, a show at the beginning of this year. I think it was the beginning of this year um, where I, uh, yeah, it was. And I recommended a few books that I had been reading. And one of them was Ryan Holiday's book on, on Stoicism, one of, one of okay. them. And I find it to be something we could get a lot out of right now. And if because it feels like it's a pushback against a society that's gone soft, a society that expects everything handed to them, a society that has turned itself into millions and millions and millions of victims, um, victims of everything. I mean, we watch, you know, statues come down because they're the statue is oppressing us somehow. All of this constant victimization, largely from the left. And I think that, and some of it has penetrated the right too. I, I don't think we're immune to it. That that stoicism approach, while not, I don't think answering every universal question, is something that is really important, and I think should make a comeback a little bit. Yeah, I, I think that, that going back to ancient texts and in, in, in thinking in a way that, um, in a stoic way, helps you get through and, and stay focused in the society, right? I think that's the big thing is staying focused and having the discipline to stay focused. Yeah. And to think about what you're doing and only doing the things that matter and moving forward. And putting something that's important first, right? Right. Like, there's a lot of that that I think gets goes the other way. We, we get very distracted by these things. But taking something, you know, like you watch some of these guys on, you know, Instagram and they're like, right. oh, we, I take the, the ice cold bath every morning. And, and all these different approaches are designed to put us back in this spot from you know, a long time ago where we had to deal with these tough times and it right. sharpened you, right? Right. We have now, because of things like capitalism, been able to cure a lot of those ailments. And I'm glad those, those things aren't necessary in a day-to-day life. But do we need more of that? In our world? I, I think doing small things to keep yourself focused and on task, I think, is important. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think we do. And I'm not somebody that does that a lot. I mean, you know, <laughs> obviously I play a Roman-themed RPG game. So, you right, know. Yeah, right. You that, know, that's, yeah. of course, a very important part. Yeah. All right, let's go. Let me switch gears to uh, Russell Brand. Uh, the, the Russell Brand thing is a fascinating story to me. Here's a guy who, I mean, by his own account, is was a total dirtbag for a yeah. good chunk of his life. Uh, comes through that period. Believe, you know, he's written books about how he's turned that around sort of went into a wellness direction there for a while, lately has been talking, uh, maybe, I don't know if you want to call him right wing, I don't think that's the right word, but skeptical of some of the COVID stuff, skeptical of the World Economic Forum and ESG standards and some of the climate change stuff, right? He's kind of changed multiple times since, right. since he's come into the public eye. Only now is he being accused of horrible things, uh, some of which are illegal, some of which are not. Um, a big new investigation. What do you make of this? 
Um, obviously, people have it out for Russell Brand. Would this stuff have come out if he didn't get... I don't know if he's gotten red-pilled. I don't, I don't know what it is, but he's yeah. obviously talking about things that the mainstream media doesn't want you to talk about and that the, the, the cathedral and the, the regime don't want you to talk about, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he's talking about those things. And when you stick up and you talk about those things, you get threats, you get things. I mean, Glenn knows. I mean, that, that's what happens to you. Um, and I think that somebody with the past like that and a recent past becomes an easy target. Like, the demonetization without any trial, without any anything and yeah. i was actually in a way i was kind of shocked that he was still monetized with some of the stuff that, that he puts out you right. know what i mean because like, skeptical covid stuff used to get you completely demonetized, demonetized for that. everything yeah, right yeah. yeah so i was actually shocked that he was monetized but you know it, it goes to show the, the need for the alternative spaces i'm not saying that you know russell brand is a voice that anybody should listen to um but it is interesting to me that when he starts talking about stuff that they don't want to talk about that's when he goes, you know, if he kept talking about sex and drugs and rock and roll, he would be he, fine. he'd be fine because yeah. he's talking about the things that, you know, are fine. Because uh, I think there's diversions. Yeah. I mean, and like, obviously, we've seen left wing figures, right, get right. hit with some of the stuff. But it's much it seems like if you're a left wing celebrity, you kind of start looking at the right wing. These things follow you no matter what. You're always going to get accused of something. Now, I don't know. Look, Russell Brand did a lot of bad things uh, by yeah. his own admission. Uh, maybe he did these things, and if he committed crimes, he should be held accountable for them. I don't care what he's saying on YouTube. Right. Um, but I am concerned about this trend you mentioned there uh, about how we're just jumping ahead of the legal system now. You know, uh, the, uh, the, I'm going to CrimeCon this weekend, which is you know, a big uh, true crime uh, uh, conference. And it's about, basically people watch those podcasts, the Netflix series, all that stuff. It's a great, it's a great weekend. Mm -hmm. um, but they have a shirt that they sell there, and it just says basically a detective you know, for all the people right, yeah. who are like, you know. It, but that's what we all are now, right? right? We're all these people who jump ahead of the legal system. He has not been charged with a crime, let alone convicted of one. And YouTube is just playing detective. And they've, found, they've solved this one. They know he's bad, right. so they're going to demonetize him and, and destroy his livelihood. This is how he's making his money right now. Right. I mean, in, in a way, as a, as a capitalist, as a libertarian-leaning type person, it should be their ability mm -hmm. to do it. But if they did it to somebody that was wasn't Russell Brand that wasn't, you know, doing outside of the mainstream things, they would get slammed for it. Yeah. I mean, if they arbitrarily, you know, demonetized one of the travel channels that, that right. people do or something like that, they would be called the task force. They did it to the slot guys. Remember, I told you that I watched slot yeah. videos, right? They did it to the slot guys the way back, and they're like, well, well what do you mean? And then, but it came back and now they're all making money again, right? Like they do it randomly to people so at certain times. And like when they encourage you to come on our platform, create the content yeah. for our platform because you'll be able to make money and participate in that and then just rip it away. It's bad. And I agree with you. It's not, I'm not arguing. I don't need government to solve all of my problems. Right. So I'm not arguing for all sorts of legislation on this. They can pull people off. They don't have right. to let anyone on if they don't right. want to. It's their website. That being said, they should do the right thing here. They should wait. Like, what is wrong with coming up with a line? Let's say, for example, I would argue conviction is the right line. Right. But let's just say, even if it's being charged with a crime, right. maybe that's the line. Come up with a line and just just enforce it. Don't just, when you, well, I happen to see an article about Russell Brand, so therefore he's banned, when I guarantee there's plenty of people who've been accused of stuff that are online. There's people that have been Me Too'd and have come back already. I mean, like, it's make something consistent. And there's people that have been convicted yeah. that have YouTube channels that make money. I right. mean, Michael Francesi, who, Scott, who, who Glenn has had on a lot, that mm. I knew about a couple years ago, he's a former capo in the Colombo crime family. Yeah. 
you know, he, he, he's got a YouTube channel where he talks about that sort of stuff. And it's fascinating to listen to. Um, and he, the, the guests that he has on are fantastic. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite YouTube channels. But he's been convicted of a crime. I mean, he served his time. It's, it, I think this is more that he's gone against the narrative. And they were looking for way, a right? reason to demonetize him. And this was a reason. Because I don't know if other people would, would have the same. Yeah, it, it's just... This reeks to me that it's more of a reason to demonetize him. Can I ask you a totally unrelated question on on Russell Brand? A lot of people really like his content. He does a lot of stuff on ESG standards, World Economic Forum. I mean, you know, sometimes sounds like Glenn on on issues like that, I think. Because my issue with Russell Brand is I know he's speaking English, but I cannot understand anything he says. He's got a very, very thick weird what is it like a cockney i don't know what it is it, it, it's one of those that that's the weird thing about england right is it's a country <laughs> it's a country the size of pennsylvania <laughs> and it's got like 47 yeah. different dialects it, it used to be that way in prince edward island right before the mm-hmm. the cbc had nationalized like nationalized the canadian language you could go to towns in prince edward island where my family's from where you would go like one like four blocks over and they speak with a, a cornwallish accent yeah. and then they speak with a highland <laughs> scottish accent because that's where the farms were there and it's sad that those regional accents have died out in yeah. this th- pretty much in North America. But it's like it's their Britain, language. It's there, yeah. I get it, right? Like the, yeah. we're taking their language. English is England, right? Yeah. But I should be able to understand. I, I can't watch some of those. There's certain movies that come out of from that are like British movies, and everyone's like, "Oh, these are fantastic. You have to watch them." And I watch them, and I can't understand. Well, I, mean, well, I can understand well, French better than I can understand well, that. Yeah. I don't know what it is. All right. Well, this is just totally side problem we've got onto. Um, Rob, you know, uh, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, expert on all things RPG and Roman related. Apparently, apparently yes. we've we've learned that today. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the program, man. I appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. If you've never bought or sold a home, you don't know the fun of home ownership. Oh, it's a delight. And the real estate process, oh, it's even better. You get to go through endless paperwork and all sorts of weird, like, you know, codes that you didn't know anything about. And luckily, you need to have a good real estate agent. And if you can find a good real estate agent, you don't have to worry about all that stuff. They take care of it. They know that stuff. You don't have to know it. Um, that's what America's about. Get someone else to do it for you. And realestateagentsitrust.com is a place to go to find that person. Now, uh, what's great about this is it's free service to you. Glenn started this company years ago to sort through real estate agents to find the best agent in your area. So you're not just guessing. You're not just picking off a website. You're not seeing an ad on a bus bench somewhere and be like, I guess I'll go with that person. No, get someone who's been screened, who has the best performance in your area and who really knows the market. It's realestateagentsitrust.com, a free service to you. Go there now. Real estate agents I trust.com. Some people say American exceptionalism is a myth. Some people say our best days are behind us. But when you know the facts, you know that we're still the best country in the world. We're still number one. When it comes to debt, U.S. national debt has hit $33 trillion for the first time in history. Yes, a new milestone, $33 trillion, which is absolutely incredible when you know the rules. I'll, I'll spare you the Brian Riedel treatment of how bad our debt problems are, though we should bring him on again soon to just outline them for us because it, it'll put you in a, I mean, it'll, it'll get you ready for a power hour. You'll be ready to drink, I'll tell you that much. Um, and we just continue to spend money like crazy. Now, some it depends. Everyone's got a case that they believe it's worth spending on, right? Some people think, uh, you know, defense or, you know, maybe Ukraine. Maybe you're a big uh, Ukraine fan or maybe you like uh, spending on, on health care, whatever the issue is. Everyone has their little preference. 
but we're always spending all the time. Now, this isn't, these aren't taxpayer dollars, they say, going to Iran, but we are spending billions of dollars to, and I guess they, I want to have a price list. Can we get a price list of how much they're supposed to pay us for each kidnapped American they have? Uh, billions of dollars spent, um, or, or, sorry, rewarded to, uh, it's either in, in accounts, and we can control the accounts, we swear, and we can stop them from spending it on bad things. Of course, then they can just use the money they were going to spend on food or whatever on the bad things, so it doesn't really help at all. But at least five Americans detained in Iran have, walked, uh, are walked, uh, have been released and are walking free. And I will say, I mean, look, I don't, I, I don't think you can go down this road. I think it hurts the country long term, but I am glad these people are walking free. That's at least a bit of good news on this day. Let me tell you about Grip6. They have customizable belts that you're really going to like. They've got laser etched designs. You can do, you know, logos or flags or whatever you want on the buckle. You can get carbon fiber so you don't have to take them off at the airport. And they're minimalist and they don't uh, stick out from your shirt. Uh, That's really cool as well. Now, these are great products. They're from a great company. They also have great socks and their their wallets are really cool. I think you're going to like those a lot because they're just sleek and, and a totally different design. Grip6 is a small company in Utah. They sell in the United States and all over the world, but they source almost everything they use, even wool, to make their products right here in America. You want to support American companies that support America, right? I mean, I know I do. Grip6.com slash stew is one of those companies. They're a great company. You're going to like them a lot. Use the code stew and you'll save 15%. It's grip6.com slash stew. Grip6.com slash stew. Get 15% off today. It's Grip6. Well, Kansas City has got some great news. Another ceiling has been busted through. That's right. Another barrier broken by a Kansas City high school. Well, it's actually not even a barrier broken. It's kind of a boring story for this particular high school because they've already done it before. But a Kansas City high school has crowned its second male homecoming queen, uh, which is uh, wonderful. As the write-up in Outkick writes, uh, Tristan Young beat four female candidates, proving once again that boys are just way better and prettier than girls. Uh, and here, the, here is the prom. Now, it's, this is a bad picture because you can't tell which one is which. Who is the male prom queen in this picture and who is the female? For uh, the podcast listeners, I'll try to describe this for you. It's really difficult to tell. They're both wearing dresses. They both have crowns on. But the male uh, prom queen is actually the one holding the flowers there. That's the difference. That's how you can tell. I know it's really hard to tell. Uh, your eyes would totally deceive you on something. Like this, I will say this, and I don't know if this is the case here. Maybe this is a super woke school. Maybe it's a super uh, progressive school. They want to send a message about how wonderful transgendered people are. I don't know. But I can tell you this, and I'm being honest with you, okay? I'm trying to lay this out in the most honest way possible. If this happened at my school when I was in high school, there is a 100% chance I would vote for the guy to be the prom queen because I would 100% want to cause the chaos that this exact thing would have created. I would 100% vote for the male prom queen because I would want commentators like me to be on national television talking about my high school and making fun of it. It is 100% the road that I would take. I apologize for that now. But as a high school student, that is 100% the way I would have gone. Dan Andros, who, who appears on this program, he may deny it now, but I know he would also have been with me leading the effort and trying to get our buddy Bob or whatever elected prom queen. That is how that would go down. I'm just telling you the truth.
The word vigilante has a negative connotation, uh, but apparently in Spanish it actually means uh, watchman or guard. So, this is apparently what's going on in Atlanta as we have now the boot girls who will go around if you get your car booted and you pay them and they'll just take it off. They'll take the boot off for you. Now this of course is blatantly illegal, but also sort of just right, isn't it? I mean, you get your car booted and uh, it's really annoying and for 50 bucks these girls will come out and take the boot off your car and not all heroes wear capes. I mean, apparently they all wear masks, but not all capes. So uh, if you want their services, uh, boot girls. Uh, boot girls in Buckhead on uh, Instagram. And uh, of course, uh, that's blatantly illegal and you'll probably get in trouble for it, but it'll still be fun. Okay, by the way, thinking, speaking of things that should be illegal, we're going to be doing a pre-debate a game, uh, kind of pre-gaming the debate. You need to be a little drunk for watching a debate these days, and uh, you will be if you drink along with us on Power Hour. going to be a lot of fun leading up to the debate on Wednesday. Don't miss it right here on our normal time slot.